0: Bismillah wa salatu wa salam ala rasulillah wa ala alihi wa sahbihi wa man amma ba We have gathered today in one of the masajid of Allah Azza wa Jal to remind ourselves about the hereafter and advise to the youth. Today, our guest is none other than Amir Muhaddith Junaid that has traveled all the way from America to advise the youth and to take out of some of his busy time in advising the youth. May Allah reward him for the time he took out. Uh, without no further ado, we'll start with uh, some some recitation of the Quran and then we'll get into uh, the topic inshallah.
1: من الشيطان الرجيم بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم ولقد خلقنا الإنسان ونعلم ما توسوس به نفسه ونحن أقرب إليه من حبل الوريد بيزنيتنا القل متنقيان عن اليمين وعن الشمال قعيد ما يلفظ من قول الا لديه رتيب عتيد وجاءت سكره الموت بالحق ذلك ما كنت آت من موت ونفخ في الصور ذلك يوم الوعيد وجاءت كل نفس معها سائق وشهيد لقد كنت في رفلة فكشفنا عنه Oh, لمن كان sorry أو the people who are not عند و بك قبل طلوع الشمس قبل طلوع الشمس وقبل الغروب وحين الليل فسبحها اذبا والسجود واستمع يوم مينات مناك من ما قريبا the first thing إِنَّنَا we have to do is to الْأَرْضُ that We're
2: Assalamu <laughs> Alhamdulillah Wa 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 ala Muhammad Wa alihi wa ashabihi ajma'een My dear brothers and sisters in Islam, I go by the name of Amir Junaid Muhaddith your beloved brother in Islam, formerly known to many of you, some of you, and maybe none of you, as known for bad boy records. First and foremost, I would like to take the time out to thank the brothers for inviting me. Because the uniqueness of this invitation, it's not just the invitation for the affair that we're about to deal with today, but it's also a reunion. So I wanna thank the brothers because it's from the Sunnah Muhammad Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam that we thank the people. Because the Prophet Wasallam, he mentioned if you do not thank the people, then you haven't thanked Allah. And my dear brothers and sisters, and it is important that every time the opportunity presents itself to implement anything from the Sunnah of Muhammad, وسلم, we should hasten to do so. And likewise, when it comes to gratitude, something that many of us, may Allah make us better have fallen into gross negligence when it comes to establishing gratitude for the countless bounties and favors that Allah Subhanahu Wa Ta'ala has bestowed upon this blessed Ummah Muhammad Sallallahu Alayhi Wasallam Many of you may be familiar with my journey to Islam in the road that I had to take to lead to the guidance that only Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala can provide. But as I look around the room, I can see that many of you have had this favor bestowed upon you from the very day you were born. So to add light to that without assuming, I'm going to ask by show of hands, how many of you were born and raised Muslim? Allahu Akbar, Alhamdulillah. Now how many such as myself have been guided to this blessed religion of Islam? Alhamdulillah. So the reality, my dear brothers and sisters in Islam, it doesn't really matter how we arrived here, we're here. As brothers. As believers. And Allah and His Messenger, Muhammad Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. So that means any good that comes to this ummah, we all have a share of the reward that comes from any good that reaches us. But also, as a ummah, regardless of how we arrive, whenever we're stricken with hardship or any adversity, we also collectively have a share in this affair as well. Many of the youth today and some of the elders as well have been conflicted with the affairs of this worldly life. And it has taken many of us astray from the very goal and objective that every single Muslim under this roof tonight should, remote, should remain focused and steadfast in obtaining. And that is the paradise that Allah Azzawajal has prepared solely for the believers. Solely for the ones who die upon belief that none has the right to be worshipped but Allah Subhanahu Wa Ta'ala alone, and that Muhammad Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam is a slave and messenger. Alhamdulillah. It's been a journey for me, Ya For those of you that know me, when I accepted Islam, Allah placed in my heart a zeal and an attachment and a love unwavering, not only for Allah and his Messenger, but also for the Muslims. Wallahi adeem, I love the Muslims. And this is the reason why I'm here today. I didn't travel here for, as you say, holiday or vacation. I travel here because many of the brothers that I correspond with, they tell me about some of the affairs that the community has fallen into. Preferably situations that many of the youth Of finding themselves entangled in knowing that these matters have absolutely nothing to do with the way you were raised, the way you were nurtured, the way you were cultivated. Sadly, the influences. The spread amongst the youth is worldwide. I've visited many places and there's a commonality that all of the youth share. No matter which race, ethnicity, color or creed. The fact it remains is that we're losing our babies. We are losing our children. And this is the reason why I'm here to remind myself, because I'm a father as well, and to remind this community that the only thing that is a major importance is remaining obedient to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, following the Sunnah Muhammad Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, and tending to our flock. Because the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa mentioned that every man is a shepherd And every shepherd will be held accountable for his flock By show of hands Sha'Allah. How many of The youth in here Were raised by both your parents SubhanAllah Where I come from y'all like superheroes. Wallahi, some of the kids I grew up around probably harm you out of jealousy of having both your parents, out of sheer jealousy. How many of you have been raised by a single parent? Alhamdulillah, may Allah reward your mother or father, whoever had to bear the burden of being two parents in one. And how many such as myself was raised with no parents? Hmm. The reason why I mention this is to remind you, those of you who have been favored with both your parents. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala He placed right after His right to be worshipped alone Right after His right to be worshipped alone Is to remain dutiful to your parents To remain dutiful to your parents This is something that Allah placed right next to His right to be worshipped alone So it's important for those who raise their hand to understand that there's nothing that you can do in this worldly life, no matter how many years Allah gives you, you will never be able to repay your parents. You will never be able to repay your parents. So it is incumbent upon you to be mindful To remain grateful every single moment you have with them in your life and to go above and beyond to do that which is pleasing to them after doing that which is pleasing to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. That is your responsibility, that is your duty. That is the path that you should be treading to establish the right that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has given your parents. As I mentioned, I grew up in an environment that was plagued by drugs and violence. I was born in New York City, raised in Harlem. I came from generation to generation of real gangsters. From my grandparents who raised me. That's why I raised my hand and said I didn't have my parents, I had my grandparents. They raised me. It wasn't their responsibility. But wallahi, law I treated them better than I probably would have treated my own parents had I had the opportunity. And by remaining dutiful to them, before I even knew this obligation, Allah favored me with something that I will always remain grateful, is that my grandfather, Rahimullah, 96 years old, he died and he accepted Islam before he died. When I came home from serving nine years in federal prison, I've been home for two and a half years, my grandmother was facing stage four cancer, fighting for her life. Rahima, her and at 91 years old, she accepted Islam before she died. So while my family was falling apart and grieving exceedingly, they could not understand why I was so content And how I was able to accept The fact that my grandparents returned to Allah Because they, they could not comprehend That the state that they returned to Allah Subhanahu wa ta'ala Inshallah to barakallah I may have an opportunity to see them again So it's so important Sisters as well To not take for granted that your parents, they have rights over you, as well you have rights over them. And if you nurture that relationship, you will see the fruits and the benefit and the unwavering love that only a parent can give you. So as I mentioned, I grew up in an environment plagued with drugs, violence, murder, rape, everything that you can think about that's in complete opposition to this blessed deen of Islam. And many of the youth that I grew up with, we were exposed to these things and we fell into this lifestyle by way of circumstance, not choice the majority of the things that we fell into were circumstantial we had very limited options growing up the only options we had was to escape the harsh reality of what we saw at our door every day I've been in the UK for over a week now I can count on one hand and still have fingers left how many times I've seen a police call I've been here over a week, I haven't heard a single shot in the air. Now, don't get me wrong, I'm not saying that these things don't happen here, but not to the magnitude of what I'm familiar with. I've been sleeping like a baby since I've been here, I don't hear no ambulance. No firemen, no police cars, no arguing. So for lack of better words, y'all got it good. I don't know if nobody told you, but y'all got it good. But if you find yourself falling into anything that comes remotely close to the lifestyle that I know, nine and a half times 10, nine and a half times 10, you ended up there because you chose to be there. How many of y'all was born in a Muslim land, by show of hands? Alhamdulillah. May Allah preserve So that means I'm looking at first generation. Y'all, the first generation of Muslims raised in the UK. Sahih? But that's not what you were taught in your home, though, right? Y'all had that old school upbringing, right? everything your parents taught you is what they learned in their land, right? Hmm. And everything they taught you was from good. Ain't a single one of y'all ain't here gonna be able to tell me that your father The man of the house, the breadwinner, the protector, the provider, told you to go outside your door and make a fool out of yourself. Told you to go outside and mingle with gangs, fall into knife violence. And what I'm hearing was widespread is fraud. That's a form of lying. Lying is a major sin. Fraud is a form of deception, which falls into lying. So if you're into fraud, you're a liar. In the eyes of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, you're a deceiver and you're a liar. and you're faking at an all-time high. I'm pretty sure your parents work extremely hard. So if you're indulging and selling any kind of narcotic, once again, you're doing something that you wasn't taught. And when the consequences for these actions come, I know exactly where you're going to run. You're going to run to your Abba. You're going to run to your mother, the very people who broke their neck to protect you in the first place. It's important to understand for those of you who were born Muslim meaning you was conceived by a Muslim you was born and raised nurtured in the womb of a believer brought into this world cultivated upon Tawheed. talk about the book of allah the sunnah of muhammad sallallahu the example of the companions of the prophet sallallahu all of these things have been instilled in you And all of these things collectively are comprised to be the security of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And there is no security that you can ever find, that you can ever find that is equal or even come close to the security that Allah jail provides. So if you go out your way to abandon the security of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala And when retribution comes, you will have nobody else to blame But yourself You won't be able to say is my mom and dad fought for bringing me here That ain't true Because what they taught you was well, the same thing that they learned. And no matter where the location is, good is good. If they taught you good and you abandon good, then you have to be held accountable. The reason why I'm sharing this with you is because we're running out of time, Yeikwon. Yeah, we are watching. Too many signs of the hour gradually getting closer and closer. And the time for treating y'all like babies is over. Because if you look at the most virtuous generation of men that walk this planet, some of them were the same age as you, governing whole countries, leading war expeditions. Doing things that some leaders today don't seem to have the ability to do at 30, 40, 50 years old. But when you look at the youth from the campaigns of the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi the responsibilities that they had was enormous. So the time of treating y'all like babies is over. It's time for y'all to understand that we have a responsibility. And that responsibility is to be the best of the people for the people. Do y'all understand what that mean? To be the best of the people for the people. Well, Allah, when I came here in like 2009, 2010, the influx of Muslims that were coming into these countries, whether by way of refugee status or whatever it was, it brought about good in these communities. It increased the economy in these communities. It, in, it ensured safety in these communities. Fast forward 10 years later, all this stuff is starting to go into reverse. The communities that I'm, that I'm visiting coming to find out is the first and second generation that's bringing about this whole reverse to everything that's been established from good. For those parents that travel here from the Muslim land, they came here with good intentions. They came here to give their children something that they probably couldn't provide nowhere else. They didn't come here to corrupt you. They didn't come here to expose you to corruption. And as parents, we're human beings. We're going to make mistakes. But we're not here to be validated by our children. We're not here to be regulated by our children. We're here to be respected and honored by our children. And appreciated for the efforts that we put forth. My oldest child is 31 years old. I can look around this room. I'm old enough to be a lot of y'all fathers. Just because of my previous career, alhamdulillah, y'all still may view me as one of y'all peers. But I'm not. I'm probably the same age as your father or not too far. So I love you like I love my own. Because that's what a Muslim does. We love what Allah loves. And Allah loves the believers. And the believers ain't stopping my house. People ain't stop believing, you know what I'm saying, outside my home. The believers is everywhere. So we have to love what Allah loves. And this worldly life here, equan, is not what you think. Your brother Amir did it for you. And I survived only by the grace of Allah. I sacrificed all of what you thought had value. To what has more value than anything in this world. And that's Islam. That's Islam. Islam. Allah didn't leave us empty handed. Allah gave us everything. So there's nothing to chase other than what Allah prescribed. If you find yourself chasing something other than what Allah has provided for you, then you're chasing a dream. You're chasing a dream. Y'all look at the news. The largest percentage of people who commit suicide is the people that y'all think having the most fun. Y'all come from countries that may not be that wealthy. You don't hear nobody killing themselves. Only everything that's propagated Around this dunya Is programmed to make you believe That this has more worth and more value Than what Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has bestowed for you He has given you everything Insha'Allah I just want to establish this one reminder Inshallah And then I'm going to go into a segment Of this talk Where I talk to y'all And y'all talk back There's an authentic narration The prophet Sallallahu alayhi wa sallam He mentioned. That the feet of the son of Adam will not move on a day of resurrection from his Lord until he is asked about five things. Many of y'all have heard this hadith before, but the reminder benefits the believer. So I'm going to remind myself and I'm going to remind you. Because it's very important to understand what you'll be up against when you stand before Elijah or the feet of the son of Adam will not move on the day of resurrection from his Lord until he is asked about five, about his life and how he spent it. We all know, yeah, Equan, you only got one of these. You only got one life. And only by Allah's mercy will determine how many chances you got to live that one life still one, but only Allah decides how many chances you're going to get to live that one life. Because <clears throat> some of y'all, y'all see the elders in the community and how much a batter and the waffle and sunnah prayers. They sit in the masjid from Lord to Asa. Some of y'all say to yourself, man, when I get 60, I'm going to do the same thing. You might not make it. And quite frankly, you got more of the physical ability to do it now. Y'all watch some of the elders in the community. Sometimes Allahumma barik. It may take them some time to get into sedu, but they get there. And y'all sitting there waiting, telling yourselves, "I'ma wait until you know I get that age," and I'ma stand the master from Lord and I'm going to pray Fajr and stay to the sunrise. Yeah, you smiling because you know I'm telling the truth. It's okay. I know you're taking me serious, but it makes you laugh because you know, I, man, subhanAllah, brother of me is right. I used to tell myself that. But that ain't no reality. We ain't promised that. About his youth and how he used it. This is very important you're going to be questioned about your youth and how you used it. And unfortunately, y'all live in a time where your youth is under attack. Your youth is under the most intense attack that has ever been in the history of mankind. And the sad part about it is parents. Many of the parents don't really know how to help you. Because we didn't experience this stuff that y'all experiencing right now. Like I told you, my options was limited. It was either sports, entertainment, or the street. That's it. Y'all rock bottom ain't really the street. Y'all rock bottom is, you know, get on social media and make a fool out yourself for 30 seconds and hope you go rival, right? That's, that's your rock bottom tried to work or tried to go to school, you know what? I'm just gonna set up a camera, make a jerk out of myself for 30 seconds, and hopefully one of these joints gonna go viral. Now that's safer than the street, but that's not honorable. That's not honorable for a Muslim to stand in front of a camera, make a fool out of yourself while millions of people looking at you, looking goofy as I don't know what, thinking you cool. That's rock bottom. Knowing that a Muslim honor his blood and his wealth is sacred to just squander your honor like that and think that's cool. That's crazy. That is bananas. May Allah protect us from this. Sisters as well. May Allah protect you. This same bad Is even more damaging for the women. Because Allah honors the women. He places them in the very lofty status in this worldly life. So even for the sisters, to be out here imitating these women who have no shyness, no fear, no dignity in the eyes of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. To see my Muslim sisters on social media. Making a fool out of themselves, beautifying their faces, manufacturing their faces. Some of y'all won't even miss a Walima, just miss one. You ain't got to go to all of them. We have to safeguard our honor because this is what was widespread literally just a generation before. And this is why the Muslim honor was under attack, because we held firm to our honor and our dignity, and it was hated. Now you don't see this propaganda anymore. You know why? Because we're doing it for them. They don't need to propagate anything no more. So your youth and how you spend it is very important. About his money From where he earned it And we talked about this From his money and where he earned it And what he spent it on So if you're earning your money From any haram source That money will do nothing for you When you stand before Allah Azza wa Jalla So if any of you, you don't have to expose your sins, is involved in any fraud, dealing in any narcotics, doing anything that you think is benefiting you because you're riding around in a nice car, you got a nice tracksuit and trainers and all of this stuff. If it came from a a Haram source, then you're really not that fly. You're kidding yourself. You might as well do some halal. Get you a nice dough. And honor the identity of who you are. You're a Muslim. And also you be questioned. About. Where you spend your wealth. So if you do acquire money from a halal source. And Allah put barakah in this wealth. Then you want to spend in the law's way. You want to spend in the law's way. You not You don't want to just blow money on stuff that's mundane and won't bring about no benefit. And then you'll be questioned about what you did and what you knew So we know there's a famous statement from Imam al bukhari Rahimullah where he said al qabla qawli Knowledge precedes speech and actions So it's not permissible for the believer to speak or act without knowledge and understanding this will safeguard you from standing in front of your Lord and being held accountable for statements and actions that are not praiseworthy in the eyes of Allah. So, inshallah, Tabarakallah, as I mentioned before, now I want to talk to you, my dear brothers in Islam. Who can explain to me what a man of virtue is? A man of virtue. This ain't just any man. This is a man that is virtuous in the eyes of Allah Subhanahu wa ta'ala. I'm gonna make it easier. Can anybody name a man of virtue? subhanallah it should have been all y'all saying that at once the prophet sallallahu wasallam is the most virtuous man that ever walked this planet he is the greatest example of what a man of virtue is and those that conveyed the religion to us because we run around here telling people that we sunni muslims right we sunni muslims saw we ascribe ourselves to the sunnah of the Prophet salallahu Sahih. We wave it like a banner. Proud and dignified. Even though we might not be doing everything that we're supposed to be doing, but when it comes to that, this is when we become the most prideful. Right? That we people of the sunnah to the best of our ability, inshallah. Right? So that means you should know who the people of the sunnah is. Right? And this is where it's about to get tricky. And then I'm gonna let y'all go, inshallah. And I'm targeting the youth on this one. I want y'all to name ten campaigns of the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. But I'm taking away the four rightly guided khulifah. You can't have them. And I'm taking away the Mubashir Asherah. You can't have the 10 that was promised need That's too easy. Sunni Muslim, alhamdulillah. Sunni young. See? See how the brother just started cooperating? He's like, yo, you got five? I got five, I got two. Alhamdulillah, that's good. Just don't Google don't cheat Because we ain't calling on Sheikh Google Ibn Twitter El Instagram We're not calling on him right now We're calling on What knowledge reached you From Allah And as a collective As an Ummah, I'm going to show you How this works Because when I said 10 You looked at your brother For help And that's a good sign Alhamdulillah But I'm not asking you To give me 10 yourself I'm asking One by one Until we get to 10 Right? See how everybody started breathing easy. He done loosened up his shoulders. He was locked up like this. He didn't know what to do. You can breathe now. Because this is just something that I derive to extract brotherhood from one another. Because in this day and time, we need each other more than you know. We need each other. We have to love each other. We have to aid and assist each other. We have to enjoy what's good and forbid what's evil. We have to protect one another. You can't remain silent when you see your brother doing something that you know is displeasing to Allah, even if you're doing things that displeasing to Allah. Doesn't that relinquish your right to advise your brother? Because some of us feel like we hypocrites when we try to advise somebody of something that we ain't doing, and that's not true. That is not true. So I'm seeing a lot of young faces with a lot of noah in them. It's going to be easy. Don't look away. <laughs> Alhamdulillah. See, he ready to go. I'm bin yasser. Who? I'm MashaAllah. Alhamdulillah. Anas and Malik, an right? That's who you're talking about? MashaAllah. Fatima, that's what I'm saying. you the first to have named the sahabiyat since I've been on this tour. There's for some reason men feel like it ain't masculine to name one of the mother of the believers. That's part of law. That's not true. Abdullah ibn Abdullah, Rumah. Tell me about Fatima. The daughter of the Prophet, somebody tell me else something about Fatima. You. Married to Ali, mashallah. Who is the brother that just mentioned uh, Abdullah bin Rumah? Who is he? He's the son of Rumah bin Khattab, MashaAllah See how we work together? We can get 50 if we keep this up. I'm telling you. This is what this is about. What a cool kid. They be sitting on the wall. Where they at? I need one of them. Too cool for school. Yeah, there you go. You're going to burn up on that radio. Salam alaikum. Give me a companion. Ruth man what I tell him See Too cool for school He ain't even hear the rules You can't have The four rightly got a Khulifa I took them away Zay bin Thabit You said You said Zay who Nah I'm Sahih Salman bin, Faris. Salman bin Farisi MashaAllah Khadijah Khadijah MashaAllah. Tell me something about Khadijah. She was the first wife of the Prophet, right? And then she was the first to believe. Since we talking about these virtuous women, I know the sisters may not have an opportunity to ask this question, so we're going to do it for them. Who was the first to be martyred for Islam? The first to die for Islam. So, man, so sisters, if you're listening, you understand? We have women of virtue as well. Women that we need to idolize. Women that we need to try to be like. Just like the name of these companions that we mentioning. These are your role models. These are the people that you should idolize. You understand? Because all of those people that y'all tend to be influenced by, I left all those guys alone to sit here with y'all and be brothers. I know all those guys. I speak to them still. I make dua for them. I'm always traveling and making dua. There's some news flash come up that one of these most famous people just accept this Islam. So we're not throwing them away. I definitely ain't throwing away my brothers. Now give me one more sahab inshallah. Now the brother right there, the young brother right there. Then you next. Bilal Abi Bilal Abi Who was who was Bilal?
1: First
2: the first Muwaddin. I'm gonna ask one of the elders. Who was the second? Mashallah, sharpen your swords, up, sharpen your swords. You know the second. Oh you
1: Google?
2: You go you Google? Huh? Did you Google? How huh? <laughs> <laughs> <Alhamdulillah>. <coughs> wow. MashaAllah. Tell me something about Muawiya. You forgot? No, you didn't. I'm gonna come back to you. You you stay there. Keep, matter of fact, take the hood off so I, so I can spot you. Yeah, there we go. How did Waqas, I think I told him something about that, right? It's okay, I'm gonna give him a pass. Khaled ibn Walid, I was waiting for one of my young warriors to mention a warrior, MashaAllah. See, and they would think you don't fit the description, but you probably more warrior than anybody in here, alhamdulillah. <coughs> huh? Abu Hurairah. Tell me about Abu Hurairah <coughs> Narrated the most Hadith Do you know how many? No, no, no No He was only with the Prophet For four years If I'm not mistaken I believe it was 5,374 Inshallah That's all yeah. Ayub al Ansari. Ayub al See, this is what I'm talking about, Alhamdulillah. We're gonna stop right there. So the fact that you understand this little exercise is important because I understand that sometimes, you know, we feel like we always being admonished and pressured about things. But there's a lot of things, a lot of good that we all possess And sometimes it just takes just a little push. You understand? Just a little push to activate those things that Allah instilled in you. But if you're busy yourself with stuff that's contrary to all this, you can lose this stuff. You understand? Some of the elders as well, you know, working and providing for the family becomes so overwhelming That they barely get to read the Quran sometimes. But they barely get to invest the time, you know what I'm saying, in things that are beneficial. Because they're busy and overwhelmed with fulfilling the great right. And that's taking care of your family. And that's why it's important when you see these things happening in your home, not to take advantage of it. You understand? Because that's what happens with some of y'all. You see your dad is extremely overwhelmed. You come in the house exhausted. It's not as 40, only asks a couple questions. How was school? How was Quran class? All right, mashallah, let's eat. Right? And that small time becomes maybe eight hours out the week that you even speak to your children. So, you know, we all have some accountability. Because we are ummah. You know? And as adults, we're not too proud to see our children witness some weaknesses or deficiencies we may have, because that makes us men as well. And that teaches our children that it's okay. That as long as we have an opportunity to be better, right, we can be better together. It's a balance that I've always had with my children. I'm not saying this is the blueprint, but I try to balance between being a father and being a friend. You understand? When something reach you, I want to be the first to know. And I want you to voluntarily tell me. I don't want to ask you. Because I'm always going to be your father. Allah gave me that. You can't take that away. But as your friend, I feel compelled that you should voluntarily tell me. If you see me struggling with my smartphone, don't sit there and leave me dumb. Help me out, Dad. Let me get that for you. You're you about, you about to hurt yourself. Let me fix that for you. Help me out. Don't leave me like that. You understand? I'm your father. Don't leave me that way. Because y'all young kids, y'all got too much. I know too much. I getting too much information. We still know Quran and Sunnah. We don't really want to know all that other stuff, y'all know. But don't leave us in the blind. You know, don't leave us hanging, man. You understand? Y'all can teach us too. But you gotta volunteer to establish that relationship with your father. He's not there just to call shots all the time. But that's what y'all think in your mind. I ain't gonna even ask him, because all he gonna do is just, you know, administer his authority. And you know who you go ask? Who you gonna ask? One of your peers, right? Just as dumb as you. You gonna ask him, right? You feel confident because he do all his homework. You know, maybe he's smarter, because I know he do all his homework. You're always at school on time. Let me ask him. He's just as dumb as you. That's the reality. I'm being honest with you. I'm your brother. I suffered a lot. You know what I'm saying? But I learned from people who was older than me. I always respected my elders because they always had something beneficial to tell me. And that made me more advanced than my peers. Alhamdulillah. So inshallah, if there's anything, anything that I mentioned tonight, is of any good it came from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala alone. If there's anything that I said that was incorrect, it's from myself, my lack of knowledge, my deficiency as a human being, and the whispers of the shaytan. Subhanahu wa bihamdik, wa ilaha illa ant. Stop feeling for what you're late. Barakallahu Alaikum wa Jazakum wa Khair. Assalamu Alaikum wa Rahmatullahi wa Nah, So I know the brothers probably want to do a little QA. I'm just letting y'all know ahead of time. Like I said in the beginning, I'm your brother Amir. And I lays a sheikh. You know what I'm saying? I'm not a scholar. Don't ask me to give no the fatwa. No, you know, I ask me nothing crazy. If there's something within my capacity, inshallah, I answer to the best of my ability. And don't be shy, because I know y'all want to know something that y'all think I know. And I, and I urge the youth to open your mouth now. And I'm going to tell you from the bottom of my heart, law's is my witness, I'm going to tell you the truth. Whether it feel good, whether it hurt. Because that's true love. I'm going to te- rip the band-aid off. I ain't going to do it slow. Now everybody won't pull it. I'm going to rip it off. So if you ask me, I'm going to tell you the truth, inshallah. <clears throat> any of the youth, any of the elders. So
0: I see a lot of parents that struggle connecting with their children. Maybe it's due to um, the parent being born in a different country and the children here, there's multiple reasons why they might be a disconnect. What do you think is the best thing a uh, father or mother can do to connect with their children to get to that level of friendship, rather than just being, yes, I'm your parent, I'm your dad, I'm your mom, I'm going to tell you what if you do something about it. How do you break that barrier and build that friendship so then...
2: And children can share more openly. What advice would you give them? Nah, y'all heard that? Alhamdulillah. So, inshallah, it's important that we establish at some point throughout the week activities that are specifically for the family. Sometimes we wait too long, we wait four or five months to have holiday, you know, and it may be memorable, but it's not consistent, you understand? So like even with my daughter, you know, she's 12 years old. I have daddy daughter day. You know, it's all about her because I want her to be able to understand what it is to be valued and be appreciated. You know what I'm saying? Because we live in a world where many people who are free from knowledge and understanding of Allah and His messenger and they live a lifestyle where they demean the women. They belittle the women, they make them feel like they're objects of affection or even less than that. So I try to make sure I'm consistent with spending time with my family. I travel here with my family. I've been away from them two nights now, you know. I had to spend the night in the last city, come here, and now I got another three and a half hour drive back to my family. And even though we're together all the time, you know, they call me as if I've been going a week because I try to make sure that I incorporate some type of activity or some type of consistency where you're interacting with your children. Because in this day and time, you know, like I said, with all of the attacks that the youth are facing, it's attacking your, your, your manhood, your masculinity, there's a lot of things that's attacking y'all. I told a brother the other day, not even being funny, I said, sometimes you just gotta randomly just punch your ch- your son in the chest just to make sure he's still there you know?
1: For real, it's just randomly.
2: <laughs> What's up? Like I just want to make sure you alright. So there's a lot of stuff going on right I just want to make sure, you know, you ain't ah, because you scream like that, I'm gonna be, be worried, you know? So you know, I mean this is real, you know. I told you I'm gonna tear the band-aid off. You know, I'm your brother, I'm gonna tell you the truth. So I think that parents, we need to just start creating a day in your youth, y'all need to honor these days too. This is the day when you tell your peers I can't hang out today. Me and dad doing something, you know? Me and my Abby, we want to take care of something. I'll see you when I get back. But yo, yo, bruv, we supposed to be out on these roads. You on the road by yourself tonight. I'm going to hang out with Abby, all right? I'll let you later. And this is the type of integrity that men have. When you can make decisions and you can brush off anything that gets in the way of your decisions, you understand? So I, I definitely urge, you know, the elders, the men from the elders, to try to incorporate. I know it'd be hard. I know it's a lot. I know you got a lot to shoulder, but it's definitely good to try to incorporate some activity with your children. You know, especially with your daughters as well. You know, shouldn't just leave the moms. You know, to always be instrumental in their lives. You know, got to switch up sometimes. Excellent. laser shake. I give you a handshake. Yeah, milk shake. I'm the, I know I know. Um you know the youth obviously today um, struggle with the music uh, Yeah. cause many problems and everything. We know that we can draw to Allah and I'm consistent person, but practical steps that one can take. Because we know it's hard. Well no. uh, it's weakest within the community. So, no. uh, so what
0: practical advice can you give
2: that like you say, Yeah. Up? Well, the first time I ever was asked this question while I was in prison. It was a brother. who used to come to Salatu Fajr with his headphones on. And I see him walking down the dorm, popping. It's like he'd take him off and get right into the ranks. And I used to say to myself, there's no way in the world that his khushu is, is even present. Because that split second from removing yourself from that and then standing in the ranks to stand before Allah subhanahu wa the eyes there's no way in the world that your khushu could be sure. So, what I advised them was listen, why don't you start your day off with the Quran and end your day with the Quran? You understand? These are practical steps to take. Start your day off with listening to the Quran or reading the Quran. Make sure that Allah is the first thing. The speech of Allah is the first thing that you put in your veins, that you put in your heart. And then, right before you go to sleep, even if it's just an ayah, maybe two. Make that your your dosage. Because you know what happens? And it happens organically. What you leave off in the morning, you anticipate at night. You understand? And then when you leave off, it's like, man, I gotta finish that. I I was saying something crazy. You know what I'm saying? The next thing you know, you start establishing a relationship with the Quran and didn't even realize you were doing it. Because sadly, the traditional style of teaching a lot of y'all kids, y'all attention span is getting shorter and shorter by the days, you know? So, you have to learn how to govern yourself. You have to learn how to ignite that spark that keeps you close to your Lord because you're going to meet the Lord by yourself. Right? So, my advice is to start your day off with the Quran, end your day with the Quran, and and pray to Allah subhanahu wa taala through the course of that gap that He draw you closer to His speech and remove you from any speech that's contrary to that. Badaq alfi. I would like to ask: How come there's a lot of um,
0: satanic symbols and in references in the, in, the, uh, in the entertainment industry?
2: <laughs> well, like I said, you're under attack. So any Muslim that's paying attention to that. They'd be the only ones that can identify with it. Right? Because if we're not looking at it, we don't know that's happening. Right? So in a sense, you basically expose what many of the youth are doing out of curiosity, delving a little too deep. Because that's what those that's what those situations do. It starts off small. It starts off with just you having an inclination out of curiosity for music and then you start finding the lifestyle, then you start finding little hidden messages, then you start finding propaganda and plots and all kinds of stuff, and next thing you know, that curiosity that I just told you to learn how to establish through Qur'an in the morning, Qur'an at night, you start falling into the opposite of that. You wake up, the first thing you want to know is, man, I've seen something with some symbol to have a day, I want to see if there's any update on that, Right? Then it's like, man, everybody's seen to keep throwing their hands up that way. I wonder what that means. Now you're Googling, now you're searching, now you're going down a rabbit hole. You know what I'm saying? May Allah protect us all from this. You know what I'm saying? But all of that stuff, just as you know, we know the music is the Adana, the Shaytan, so all of these symbols that you're seeing is just associated with his call. Mara <laughs>
0: From these
2: because they should not take absolutely. Absolutely. You know, the Sheikh mentioned that, you know, this is how you fall into addiction. Excessiveness. When I mean, you're excessive in anything, anything. But a good addiction is being excessive, you know what I'm saying, or moderate, so to say. When you implement in your religion, be moderate. Don't be excessive. Don't be extreme. Anything you do is in moderation. So it's important, like I said, to govern yourselves. Y'all know when the harm is reaching you. You know it. You know it when you realize you delay us a lot. Many of y'all have done this before, where you find yourself, you know, scrolling and. You might hear the calm and still think you got another 30 second reel you can watch real quick before you know what I'm saying that's that's the beginning of an addiction. You understand? So inshallah, may Allah you know protect y'all from this and you know replace it with something better. There you go, my sheikh. I just wanna ask, what is the
1: reason that
2: you can this Man, that'd be a little bit lengthy, but I will tell you this. You know, I came to this religion solely by Allah's guidance. You know, no one spoke to me about Islam. No one invited me to no conference like this. No one slid me a book, you know, saying they taught Islam. I lived in a community where there were Yemeni brothers that had the corner stores. They never invited us to Islam. You know, Pakistani brothers that had the pharmacies. They ain't never invited us to Islam. All the West African cab drivers, we rode their cabs and everything. They never introduced us to Islam. And Wallahi, when I accepted the religion, I was so grateful. But at the same time, I was a little angry. So when I returned to my neighborhood, and some of the you know, Yemeni brothers, I remember when they found out I was Muslim. I mean, they was ecstatic. And I was just looking at them. they hugging me my hands on my side. I'm really just looking like subhanAllah. We done stood in front of your store. Some of my friends, they got murdered right out front of your store. Y'all letting us stash things, that haram in the store. Y'all was actually aiding us in Baltimore. But for you to be elated now that I'm Muslim, you know, that bothered me. But to answer your question, Allah guided me. I traveled the world. I kept being exposed to the Muslims. I kept being exposed to Islam. And my curiosity of these things that were happening led me to sitting here right in front of you today as your big little brother of me. I'm going to do that. So Thank you, so much. I want to emphasize on a point that might be a bit personal for you. That's
0: okay. But, uh, how impactful on your life was it that you went inside so, how, how much of a significant impact do they have? Because I don't think the youth understand that if they go to jail, they lose part of their life. Their life Absolutely. Is gone. Absolutely. So, I think it might help with obviously you explaining to them how significant that portion of life gone and not coming back is.
2: Yeah. So, y'all heard the brother's question, right? So, I don't know if y'all are familiar. I spent nine years in federal prison, right? for a conspiracy that had very little to do with me. And it was something that took place before I was Muslim. And I believe that the impact that I was making traveling the world, fighting people to Islam, speaking like I'm speaking right now, these people used those situations against me. And I got convicted and sentenced to 14 years in prison. And by the mercy of Allah I was released early due to COVID and I spent nine years in prison. But, they explain, but the brother is making a point. Prison is definitely not where you want to be. I know y'all hear stories about the Muslims being the most respected, the most loved, the most feared, and all of these things. And that's the only good that is sustained because of the religion. But that same good can be established outside of prison. We don't have to go to prison to experience that. But everything outside of that Is the lowest of the lowest things that exists in this worldly life. Y'all hear stories and think that it's propagated or it's fictional, but prison is is house the worst people, the worst of the creation: murderers, pedophiles, homosexuals, rapists—not just rapists in the street. Men get raped in prison. It's a lot of things that take place in this environment that none of y'all are thinking about when y'all start involving yourselves with these haram things. That there's consequences. You're too fixated on the things you think you're going to get out of it. But one thing about life you're going to either take, when you're involved in something, you're going to take all of it or none of it. Understand? You can't get a piece of it and think you can leave off the rest. That's not how it works. And being in this environment, you're being told when to piss, excuse my language, when to use the bathroom, when to sleep, when to get up, when to eat. None of that's happening in your homes right now. None of this happens in your home. Your father don't tell you when to get out the bed, when to get in the bed, when to get It's already known, right? Excuse me? the No, no, not at all. Because for the Muslims, what you have to understand is sometimes Allah puts you in a place where you will fulfill the rights of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, in a way that you probably never would have when you were free. <coughs> And I believe that it's from the wisdom of Allah that some Muslims need that experience in order to get closer to Allah. And this is why what you see in the prison system is the Muslims actually gain strength in the prison system. I met a young brother, a young Brazilian brother, wasn't Muslim no more than a year, memorized the whole Quran in two. I got a brother that I frequent right now. He got tripped up and put into some old... Conspiracy, terrorist stuff. He spent 14 years, those 14 to 16 years in prison. And he's a hobbist in called Quran and he memorizes maybe seven to eight different kirah. He was an animal with the Quran. I met a lot of brothers that were stronger than a lot of us out here. And that's what helped us. We established a certain level of brotherhood that I see in the free world that it saddens me. Because when you're in an environment where everything is in opposition of you, the only thing you have is your Muslim brother. The only thing you have is Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. The only thing you have is the sunnah. But in the free world, these things are not present. But the sad part about it is some of the brothers return to prison because they lack that brotherhood and love when they come home. Wallahi azim, they come to some of these communities and brothers be so busy with their own life don't realize that you may have a force, someone that may make a major contribution to the Oma if you just give them a little bit of help, but they don't feel the same brotherhood. And they resort to something just to give back. Y'all heard stories of how people wanted to go to prison to sit with it and You understand? People wanted to go to prison to sit with the share. No, so this exists. This is real, it exists. But that's more rare than common. Don't get it confused. That's not where you go to get beneficial knowledge. You go there to get corrupted. You go there to get programmed, institutionalized, and then you get placed back in society with mental anguish and all types of things. It's not what you want. It's not what you want. But by all means, man, obey your parents, man. Obey His messages. Stay away from all anything that will bring you remotely close to that. Don't be curious. Don't be curious for a pair of trainers. Don't be curious for a track suit. Don't be curious. And find yourself in a situation.
0: alaikum.
2: All right, you're about to pray, so this is the last question, inshallah.
0: As-salamu what, what advice would you give for, um, for the youth that tend to find themselves in a situation that they can easily get quick money and try to get that greed out of their lives. What advice would you give for a person that sees a lot of people around himself or herself and sees that he can get quick money from this avenue and how to stay (coughs) away from that kind of culture?
2: Well, the reality of it is, and this is for the youth, y'all have to learn how to be grateful for what you have. Many of y'all come from countries, or your parents come from countries, and I know some of y'all probably visit relatives in these countries, and y'all come back looking like millionaires to them. Am I telling the truth, right? They ain't never seen North Face. They get the bootleg joint. They get South Face. They they, they, they stuff don't look nothing like yours, right? And that's enough for you. Take that in stride and be grateful. But when you're out here trying to compete with the disbelievers, imitating a lifestyle that's not yours, making mockery of a hardship that's not yours, Cause whatever place them in that situation where they feel compelled to follow that that path, if it's not your path, you don't belong there. And you gotta be grateful. And you have to take the example of your parents. Because if your parents ain't drug dealers, your parents ain't gangsters, and they work hard to put them fancy clothes on your back. If you only got three tracksuits, then alhamdulillah, that's all you're supposed to have. Period. And Allah law knows best what your parents went through to make sure you have just that. Y'all wake up and go in the refrigerator and put nothing in it. Some of y'all get money and don't even volunteer to buy a bottle of water for the house. It's called being selfish and entitled It's called being selfish and being too entitled. Y'all get jobs and stuff and y'all money is y'all money. Your dad don't ask you to chip in for no rent. He never asked you that. He happy that you work. He's proud, right? Because that's what I did when I came here. I worked so you can have, so your mother could be happy, and all these things. Y'all get a couple dollars, man. Y'all never say. Let me just stop over here and get my mother one rose, just one rose, just to show I love her and I appreciate her. Y'all don't do that. Y'all don't do that. Sometimes y'all look at y'all father's sneakers and they feet about to come out them joints. Y'all know you I'm your brother. I'm going to tell you the truth. Y'all looking at your father's shoes and some of y'all embarrassed to even walk the street with him. Y'all looking at it like that. Come on, man. It's your shoes, man. How are you to get in the car, man, if my friends see your feet? Right? But y'all don't think when y'all go shopping for trainers and all that, go get your father up here. Y'all don't think like that. And that's what I was saying earlier about establishing that relationship with the, with the best friend you got. That's your dad. I don't care how mean you think he is or how authoritative he is sometimes. He do it out of love, right? Some of y'all don't know what love is. So inshallah to Allah to answer the brother question, you know, just be grateful and you won't feel like you need to do something fast or do something quick or something stupid to get something that you probably ain't gonna even appreciate when you get it. You know what I'm saying? The prophet said telling me mention if you gave the son of Adam gold the size of Mount Ahud he will want another one. So that means we all got this disease. But if we follow Islam correctly then we know how to govern that desire so that we don't end up like the typical son of Adam wanting more when we already have. Barakallahu fikum, jazakallahu khayya. As-salamu alaykum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh.
0: Zahamu alaykum. Bismillah wa salatu ala rasulullah wa ala alihi wa sahbihi wa man hu ala. once again I would like to thank our visitor for taking some time out to advise us on on things that are very valuable. And some of the things that he touched upon like to appreciate family, to appreciate your parents, to appreciate where you came from and that you were born and raised as a Muslim, not to imitate people that you have nothing in common with. Um, before ending this, I'd like to conclude by, end, uh, by mentioning that everyone should uh, follow up on quba da'wa for any further uh, activities that the, will, uh, that the masjid will do